One thing cannot be denied. This is not an old white boys club running for leadership of the UCP. Not at all. Not even close. It is diverse in a number of ways. So it raises some interesting conversation points. We're going to chat now with Dr. Lisa Young, who is a political science professor at the University of Calgary. Dr. Young, thank you for joining us once again. Always nice to chat. Happy to be here. This really is a diverse field of candidates, isn't it? I mean, you you can take a look at it in any category you want and and basically come up with somebody who fits that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, gender, uh, more than anything else, um, if we assume that Michelle Rempel-Garner is joining the race, which I think she is, um, there's going to be more female candidates than male, which is, you know, pretty remarkable. Yeah. It is, yeah. And I mean, so, I mean, the glass ceiling, uh, I think it's changed over the last, I mean, it still exists. Like, believe me, I think if you become leader of a pr- uh, political party or, you know, a premier or a prime minister, whatever the case may be, you've you've jumped over a lot more hurdles than a man would to get to that position. I think there's, you know, you, you face the typical challenges plus some added ones on top of it, but we're seeing it more often in Canadian politics. So when we talk about the glass ceiling, okay, let's set that to the side, especially in this race. What about this glass cliff that you talk about? It was new to me. Sure. Well, this is an idea that actually comes out of uh, some business research. And some British researchers uh, were curious why there were female um members of boards of directors in companies that performed badly, that failed. And so they went looking, and what they found was that companies that were in trouble were starting to bring women in to their boards of directors. And so what they, and then they failed. So it looked like it was a consequence of bringing women in, but it was actually that bringing women in was a response to those structural problems in the company in the first place. So they came up with this term of the glass cliff. And when we think about it, we can think of examples from Canadian politics where this has happened, right? Think about Kim Campbell. Um, You know, the old Progressive Conservative Party was in desperate trouble. They chose a new leader. She was new. She was different. And she lost in in a terrible uh, way in the 1993 federal election. Yeah, absolutely obliterated. Um, so what is it? Is this some dastardly plan, Lisa, to, to hand off this ticking time bomb of sorts to, to the woman coming into the leadership role and uh, sort of run out the door and leave them with the mess to clean up? Is it a conspiracy? No, I'm, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, and I don't <laughs> think that the evidence uh, would support it here. I think that what you see is that organizations that think that they're in trouble, that know that they're in trouble, say to themselves, gosh, we need to do things differently, right? The way that we're doing things right now isn't working. Let's do something different. And that absolutely can work, right? But there are situations in which doing something differently doesn't address the structural problems that the organization faces. So it can set, you know, a new leader, a female leader up for failure if the fundamentals aren't addressed. Gotcha. Now, but it's not a foregone conclusion that that's what's going on in every instance. I mean, our last premier um, was female, of course, as everybody knows, has been a leader for a very, very long time. So wasn't sort of handed over the keys to a failing enterprise. I mean, we have instances where we have women who have actually built political parties and companies into ongoing concerns bigger and better than when they got there, right? 
absolutely. And, you know, I want to be really clear that this isn't saying, oh, you know, the if, if the UCP chooses a female leader, they're, they're doomed, because there's really not a lot of evidence supporting that. I think the point here is to, to look at the situation, because if we look at the state that the UCP is in right now, this is a party that's in some trouble. They're in government. They had, you know, won a big majority. But they've they've had to uh, you know have their leaders step down. They're not doing as well in the polls, and so if they do turn to a woman to lead the party, what is it that they're trying to do, and does it address the fundamentals that that the party is is challenged by? You know, we talked a bit about the fact that we know women face uh, additional challenges, especially in politics. We've all seen the reports of the the toxic correspondence. I mean, politics right now is toxic. I mean, if you ask me, jumping in to try and be leader of um, the UCP at this point is either extremely courageous or absolutely crazy. I can't decide which one. I wouldn't want to go near it like within 100 miles. Um, Why would you jump in at this point, man or woman? Well, that, you know, that's an interesting question. And I think I want to underline something that you said there about how difficult it is to be in politics right now. And we know that that is all the more so for individuals who are, you know, from non-traditional groups, totally. including women. Yeah. And if we think about the, you know, the threats of violence that female politicians receive, including Rachel Notley when she was premier, you know, it really is very troubling. And so to jump in is brave and, you know, you can say potentially foolish. So why? Well, I, I think... You know, the prospect of being Premier of Alberta is pretty appealing. If you've got ideas that you want to, um, you know, try to move forward in the political realm, there, there's no better place, really, than from the Premier's chair. Um, certainly, I think that uh, the candidates who are entering the race must think that the party's fundamentals are good enough that in a, you know, a year from now they can turn things around and, and be sure that the party uh, can get reelected. Um I, I think for some of the candidates, especially, you know, the, the women who've been in cabinet, there, there may also be an effort here to really underline some of the patterns of exclusion that they experienced. Um, you know, we're certainly hearing things from these candidates about how, you know, cabinet was a boys club and they were on the margins. Now, that might be partially that they're trying to distance themselves, mm-hmm. yep. but there certainly was a really kind of boys club feel to the, the Kenny government at various moments. Yeah, we did hear uh, reports of that for sure. It's going to be very interesting to watch, Lisa, and uh, we'll be relying on you to help guide us through all of it as we go. Thanks so much for your time today.